we were holding, they left us a heritage. They said three things. So one we said was have a Masunim Badin. You should establish many students. Why? The simple understanding is because in order for Torah to have an existence, you have to have those that will understand it and those that will teach it. And if you don't first have students that learn it from their teacher, so therefore Torah will not be able to expand and flourish. Now, it's very important because one of the sages was very, very strict and he felt since Torah is so holy that you cannot study Torah with just anybody. And he used to say, his name was Rav Gamliel. Rav Gamliel used to say any student who is inside and is outside are not the same. He should not go into the study hall. He would not study with him. And that was a problem because Rav Gamliel was one of the leading sages. It was not so simple to deal with when he said that. It's written in the Talmud that a thousand people go to study and only a few become the rabbinic leaders. That's the way the world goes. But there was two groups of sages, the Beishamai and the Beishil, the house of Shammai and the, in the house of Hillel. The house of Shammai was much more strict than the house of Hillel. Who do we go according to? We follow the opinion of Hillel of the house of Hillel, except in six places, which the Talmud discusses. The Hillel, the house of Hillel, they held that you shall learn Torah with everybody. Whoever wants to learn, you should learn. And that's what we say in the morning. Torah Sivalona Moshe. Torah was commanded to us by Moshe. Marosha, it's an inheritance, Kehilas Yaakov, for the congregation of Yaakov. Everybody has a right. Torah is not something that you own. You only own the Torah that you study yourself. Nobody can take that away from you. The knowledge and the myths of it. But everybody has a right to know Torah. It's their inheritance. And then they said one more thing. That you should make protections for the Torah. That's based on a posuk in the Torah. The Torah says, That you should guard my guards. The sages ask the question. It seems to be a superfluous commandment. You should watch my watching. You should watch my Torah. One is to say the same language, they both have the same root of Shoma. So the rabbis say it was not in vain. It means, create a guardian for that that deserves to be guarded. That means even after you've put up the guard, you still need to be on guard. And that's the whole reason why the rabbis, by Shabbos, I'll give an example. We don't touch muktza. We don't touch certain things. Why not? The Torah doesn't say so. Torah says, pick up a pencil, you're going to write. If you touch the candelabra, you're going to tilt the wick. So now, if you're an Orthodox Jew, and you keep the Torah and you keep the rabbinic law, 
you will not come to transgress the Torah. Because if you do a violation of Shabbos, you are sanctioned to death. Because that goes to the heart of believing God. So what did the Rabbanim do? They said, it's Muktzah. So now let's say a guy touched Muktzah. What did he transgress? He transgressed only a rabbinical edict. So there was a safeguard even before you could get to the wick. So by keeping the rabbinic law, you didn't get to the wick. There was a wall that protected you. You couldn't get into the house without the key. This is what the rabbis did for us. They protected us. It's wearing a mask during coronavirus. It's a protection. Some people don't understand. How could the rabbis tell me I can't do this and this? But you see the government is telling you the same thing. Put your mask, you shouldn't get sick. It made lights at the crossroads. You shouldn't have a car accident. This is very normal and very human. And they felt right from the get-go that there are three things here that are critical, critical for us as Jews and for the Torah to have an existence and a survival. If you have corrupt judges, if you don't have law and order, the world can't exist. And we're going to learn further on in the ethics of the fathers about that. If you don't have students who can convey the message properly, the generation passes on and there's no one to continue the legacy. So that was very important. And their rabbinic edicts are passed on generation to generation upon which we build on today. New technology, new this, new that. How do we know? And it's very important. God really encoded that in the Torah. There is a Pesach in the Torah, in the Devarim, in the last book of Moses. There is a chapter called Shoftim, Judges. And over there it says, Shoftim v'shotrim, Judges and Police. Titan l'cha you shall place upon you b'chol sharech and all of your surroundings, and all of your communities. So over there, there is a passage that says, The shofet that shall be in your time, you shall not turn away from him, not to the right and not to the left, but you shall do what he says. Because God knew that the world he created is going to continue on and 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 on. So who is going to extrapolate from the written law what is his will? Everything is in the Torah. And the Torah was written for all time and all generations. The rabbis have the ability through certain formulas to be able to extrapolate what it is that God wants. We say it every morning, Rabbi Shmuel Oimer, Rabbi Shmuel says, V'shlosh esay midos. There are 13 formulas. Sha'atorah and addresses to him that the Torah is expounded with and from where we can deduce what is God's will. And it lists the 13 principles. And the rabbis throughout the generations use those 13 principles. When you study Talmud, you run into these 13 principles because throughout the Talmud, they take the verses of the Torah And they are dissected through logic, through comparison, through principles. 
that if it's like this here, then it's like that there. If this is a weaker situation and that's the law, so therefore in a more severe situation that absolutely must be the law, etc. And you see how the rabbis in the Talmud went at each other back and forth. You can't say that because if that's the case, why is that extra word there? What does that extra word mean? Okay, that extra word means this. How do you know that? Someplace else has the same word and it doesn't mean that. And they come to an agreement that it has to mean this. Why? Because there's an extra vav, there's an extra letter. And why is that letter needed? That letter didn't have to be there. Since it says that, it means it comes to include many, many other things. Because vav means and. Everything is dissected to the umpteen, umpteen degree to come to the truth what is God's will. And now why is that all so important? That's because of lefanecha. Because if you're always in front of God, you don't want to mess up in front of your Creator. You don't want to botch up right in front of Him. So that's why we learn. The more you love your Creator, the more you learn. The more you learn, the more you know how to serve your Creator. If I love my Creator, I am studying deeper and deeper. I don't want to make a mistake. When you have people that are sitting and studying day and night Torah, why? They want to get to the bottom of it. What does he really, really want? When he says I should wear tzitzis, what kind of tzitzis? How can I fulfill the mitzvah of tzitzis the best way possible? The best tzitzis. When I have to wear tefillin, yeah, I can, I can wear tefillin. But if I love God, He's my creator and I owe Him everything in life, what kind of tefillin do I want to wear? The best tefillin. The nicest one, made by the best scribe, with the best intention, with the best dye, and the best parchment. Everything the best, the best, the best. Because I can never pay God back. I'm going to do a cheapo on him. That was the thing with Cain and Hevel. One brought, he brought. But the other brother, wow, he brought. He brought an offering. He showed that he really cared. This is very, very important. Rabbi said you may not touch another woman. That's why Hashem said you should not enter into a room with a woman alone. And there's all different types of laws. Why? For that reason. And we're going to learn over here how far they went. They even said don't talk to a woman. They even say, we're going to learn later, don't talk too much to your wife. Why? Why? All for safeguard purposes. These are foundations. Asus Yogla The rabbis put up all these safeguards in order to protect us. It's very, very important to know.